0: This is the Ezra podcast. This is an MMA edition of the podcast. We're talking about UFC 273, Volkanovski versus the Korean Zombie. And a pretty stacked card as far as names, as far as, the, you know, uh, the importance of these fights. You got Aljamain Sterling versus Peter Yan. And you got Gilbert Burns versus Chimayev. And uh, I was, as I was talking about in the boxing podcast, you know, which was a, it's a stack again for boxing. And in boxing, I think um, all three of these fights be their own main events on their own cards, but in UFC they don't got they don't got it like that. They got they can stack a whole card with main events, and I think these are three main events that you have here. Let's start off with the main event of this card, and that's Volkanovski versus Korean Zombie in a match that was supposed to be Max Holloway versus Volkanovski, and in an annoying way, uh, Max Holloway gets hurt, not his fault, but it's annoying because he can actually fight this weekend if he wanted to, and he's actually the replacement. Uh, for this fight, if for some reason one of these guys pulls out, uh, that's annoying because that's the fight that everybody really wants to see. And no, no um, that's no, nothing against a Korean zombie who's an excellent fighter, a very entertaining fighter. And a fighter that, you know, every time you watch him, whether he wins or loses, it's always in pretty entertaining fashion. So it's really, it's 100% nothing against him. It's just not the, the match that everybody wants to see, which is the third fight between Volkanovski and Max Holloway. but you know every time volkanovski fights it's important in mma and ufc cuz he's could be pound for pound the best fighter in the world um he's you know definitely a legendary featherweight he's looking to work his way to being the number 1 featherweight of all time uh and the Koreans I'll be getting this shot which you know you had to imagine that probably when he lost to um uh when he lost to um Sorry, I'm blanking on uh, my Brian Ortega, you have to imagine that that was probably it. You know what I mean? He probably was never going to get close to getting a title shot again. He gets a win over Dan Ige, and then look at the injury happens, and he ends up right in there. It's like in the UFC, if he can stay in the top five for a long, long enough time, eventually you will get a title shot. That's kind of like the story of the Korean Zombie. How do I see this fight playing out? What you know, I think Volkanovski could do uh, a lot more things in the, in the standard department. I think he's better on the ground, but the Korean Zombie is – Is really good in certain aspects, and sometimes you just need to be really good at certain aspects to win a fight. To be, you know, an elite fighter, and the Korean Zombie has a very good left hand, and he's very active with it, and he's very sharp with it, and it has a lot of power to it, right? Also, he's a good finisher, and if he gets control of you, gets to your back, and the control he can have with his legs, right, to flatten you out, and the damage he could do, and the way this, the way he is as a finisher. He's always going to be dangerous. And he has very good timing. The problem is he's flat-footed. The problem is, is that he's not very good coming forward. He's more of like a counterpuncher. He's more responding to what you do. Um, He's not going to create a lot of offense. If you can move, which uh, Volkanovski can move, and strike and be balanced, you're going to be basically a nightmare for him. And that's what Volkanovski is going to bring here. He's going to move around the cage. He's going to move to you know uh around uh, uh Zombie's left foot and he's gonna walk him into strikes and he's gonna tear him apart with the tear his legs apart he's gonna tear his body apart with like um body kicks and he's gonna counter when uh Korean Zombie gets too aggressive now I think that what he's gonna do is uh look to keep you know keep uh Korean Zombie on balance not let him set, not let him stare not really let him respond uh, comfortably and make him get aggressive. And then when he gets aggressive, he can start countering with the punches and Krizami leaves himself open to a lot of punches. Now he's very, um, dangerous when he strikes, like as far as hitting, if he hits you, as far as he lands contact, he has a lot of power, right? But he, he leaves a lot of openings, um, to be hit. And I think that Volkanovski is going to be able to see that tear that apart. And I just think that this is going to be really a one-sided beat down. Uh, if I'm being honest, I just think that the skills of Okunowski and the w- the way he fights is just really not what Korean Zombie wants to see. And I don't know what Korean Zombie you know really could do with his skill set as far as you know being able to create offense for himself. I think that he can sit back and wait for Vokanowski to get too close, to Vokanowski to get a little too eager, right, and look to counter with that left hand. But I think at some point he's going to have to, uh, if he wants success in this fight, somehow kind of create offense, pushing Volkanovski back, uh, create an opening for himself. I'm not sure where that is because I think that I don't even think if they went to the ground, I think Volkanovski would be a lot better at controlling that part of the fight as well. So I don't see a way of Korean Zombie winning this fight. I see that he's going to get outstriped. I think he's going to walk into a lot of shots. I think it's going to be a very frustrating night for him pretty uh, very frustrating night at the office for him. And I'm gonna take Wolkanow's gonna win a unanimous decision in this, and I think that's gonna set up a Max Holloway fight. Uh, you know, you got Arnold Allen. Um you got you know, uh, Emmett is fighting pretty soon. Let's look at the um let's look at the rankings real quick. Let me, let's see divisional rankings. So, you have Calvin Cater, who's fighting Giga Chik- uh You know, he just beat Giga Chik- Chikaze. Uh, he's supposed to be fighting. He was called out uh, by Arnold Allen. You got uh, Yair Rodriguez, who supposedly going to fight Brian Ortega. You got uh Josh Emmett, right, who should be fighting soon. I, I forgot who Josh Emmett's fighting. But they got these new contenders coming. But, it, you know, it, it has to kind of finish the beef that he has with Max Holloway. You kind of have to finish that story between those two guys. And, you know... Really, the winner of that fight is kind of like the featherweight of this era. And you look, what it looked like was going to be Max Holloway by it, like a landslide. Now look at this. like it, That's the landscape in MMA, how quick it turns. Where now it's going to be Volkanovski. Like Volkanowski can win this fight from Mac, uh, Max Holloway and just be the, he is the guy. Not only is he the guy featherweight, but he could be the number one guy in MMA as far as pound for pound, skill level, accomplishment. Uh, he could be that guy. And that's a, that's how fast the landscape in MMA changes. I think that this is going to be, uh, you know, another continued night of success for Volkanovski in the fight. At the co-main event, you got Aljamain Sterling versus Peter Yan in the first fight. Uh, this is a rematch, but the first fight ended controversially as Peter Yan uh, landed a knee to a grounded opponent, Aljamain Sterling, in a fight that, you know, it looked like he was pulling away in. Um, as I watched it over for to study for this, you know, Sterling did do some good stuff in this fight. It wasn't like he was completely out of it or he didn't have a chance. He was doing some good stuff. Now, how effective it really was, I, I don't know. I think that's, you know, questionable, but it doesn't mean, though, no matter the effectiveness as far as like, was he hurting Peter Jan or what, you know, was he doing damage that was later on going to be able to capitalize on it. it? It doesn't matter if he was keeping it close in the rounds, right? Or making it interesting in uh, some of the rounds. I think the period Yan was a little more um, cautious in the first fight that I imagine he's going to be in the second fight. I think he was a little bit weary of like a takedown and what that would, uh, what, you know, the one thing that he, I think he thought that Algernon could probably, you know, have a chance, the best chance of winning and maybe catch him with something would be getting a takedown, and looking for a submission. He didn't look to offer that. And when Algernon was kind of just letting go shots, he really stood uh, in his guard. He really stood cautious and I thought that there was a lot of openings there. I don't think Al Jermaine is the best stand-up guy. I think he's very, very raw when it comes to that. He's very, you know, I don't think he puts like the most dot into his combos. I don't think his combos flow that well. I think he's just kind of letting go shots without a lot of thought process to why he's letting those shots go. And I think that Peter Jan is going to learn from the first fight. Even though he was winning, he's going to learn from that fight. And I think he's going to start off more aggressive in this fight. I think he's going to look to hold his ground a lot more. I think he's going to look to counter a lot more in this fight. And I expect this to be um, more more one sided than the first fight was. I don't think uh, Sterling's going to have a lot of good moments in this fight because I just can't see Sterling being uh, effective in the stand up in any way. And I can't, and I really think that Peter Young can out grapple him and control him. And I don't think that Sterling ever really showed that he could you know, make Jan feel comfortable, like on the ground and the grappling. I don't think he ever was close to getting a stop. Or I don't think he was ever close to putting him in danger. And I think that Jan started to see that and he started picking that up as the fight went on. And, it, you know, that's funny things about the fight ending in a DQ, because I think it was heading in the direction of Peter Jan. And I think it was going to head, start heading one little more one-sided. Interesting about this, it's like rematching a fight that was going to be one-sided. It, you know what I mean? Like you kind of like, Oh, he's just going to continue off what was working before. I feel like that's what's going to happen here. He's just going to continue off what was already working. He already figured all that part out, and now he can just get to it. That's what I think is going to happen in this fight. I think it's going to be a lot of one-way traffic. I think of the body shots for Peter Yan, the jab of Peter Yan, the leg kicks, I think that he's going to get Algernon Sterling moving back, and Sterling's legs get a little out of control when he moves. You know, they're not the he's not the most balanced. He doesn't know how to place his legs. He doesn't really know how to move with his legs And instead up I'm not trying to put Algernon Sterling down. It's just the, as far as this matchup, it's just kind of like a disaster matchup for him. In a fight where, you know, it's not Peter Jan and it's a guy that he feels uh, a lot more comfortable at being able to take down, his stand-up becomes a lot more effective because the guy's so afraid and cautious of getting taken down that uh Sterling could get away with mistakes, right? Because the guy can't really respond because he knows he responds, he might uh Sterling might get a hold of him, grapple him, take him down and might land a submission right away. Peter Jan as after grappling with him, I don't think he I don't think he has that fear anymore. I think he knows what he can do with uh, Aljamain Sterling grappling, and I don't think that he... uh think there's a chance that he can be dominated in that element of the fight. I'm going to take uh, Peter Jan to uh, push Aljamain Sterling back, get a stoppage, I'm going to say in the third round. I think that the first two rounds will be pretty one-sided, and I think Jan's going to you know really... Uh, you know, really... Show people how skilled what his skill level is and how high level he really is. Galerme Sterling is no, you know, is no easy walk in the park for anybody, and Peter Yan might make it look like that. In the third fight of the night, you have Kamza Ch- uh, Chimaev versus Gilbert Burns. Now, uh, Chimaev is one of the most hyped up fighters that I've ever seen in MMA. Um, he, he's minus 500 fa- favorite over Gilbert Burns. And a lot of that is just off of hype, right? Because we have not seen him anywhere close to anyone level Gilbert Burns. We haven't even really seen him strike. Now, his grappling looks elite. I think it's kind of safe to say it is is elite. And I think that the, the control he's had of fighters and just picking people up and placing them where he wants... The damage he does on top. When he did strike, it was a one shot knockout. All these things are, you know, pointing in the direction that this is an all time great talent. And I'm I'm buying into the stock too. I really do think that this guy is a next level talent. I think that he's gonna be trouble for anyone in these uh weight classes. I do think that he will beat Gilbert Burns. I think a minus five hundred is pretty insane for a guy that's unproven. But I think everybody's buying into the hype. And I think that Vegas knew that everybody was going to put money on Chimaev, And they were just kind of protecting themselves on this one. Now, what can we learn from this fight? What could Gilbert Burns do to, uh, you know, uh, what, what can he do to win this fight? I think Gilbert Burns is going to have to keep it standing. I think a lot of people you know, would agree with that. I don't think that's like the most... <sighs> It doesn't take, you know, a brilliant uh, MMA mind to figure that part out. And that's not saying that Gilbert Burns is not good because on the ground because he's really good on the ground. He's a high-level, black belt jiu-jitsu. But that being said, you don't want to be controlled by Chimayev on top of you landing big strikes. So I think Gilbert Burns is going to try to keep this fight standing up. And I think that that's... I think a lot of people would attack Shimon that way because we don't really know what his, his uh, striking looks like. Now I've seen little glimpses of it in other um, fight promotions, and it, you know he has like a really he has a, a huge knockout. That's a right uppercut and ends the night. But up until that point, it did. The standup is not like the smoothest, right? It's a little clunky. It's a little, it's not second nature to him. Uh, it, it takes some thinking when he's gonna throw a punch. Now, I will admit that the time he did land a big shot in the UFC and got the one-punch knockout, he did look pretty smooth in that. It didn't look like he was you know, having to think too much on what strike was coming next. It kind of looked like he was just going in there, smooth reacting, and lands a big shot against a knockout. But we didn't see it over a prolonged period of time in a fight. And that's the thing about striking. It's like you can be very good in one little glimpse, but as a fight goes on, class uh, proves over time is the old expression. And I think that Gilbert Burns... I don't think he's going to get outstruck in this fight. Like I think that if you're going to if you told me that they're going to trade in this fight, I would I would favor Gilbert Burns. If he said this is fight is going to be a trade in, it's going to end in a trade, right? So someone's going to get hit and knocked out. I'd favor Gilbert Burns in that fight. Because experience, the high level that I've seen him compete at. I've seen him use this where his stand up against fighters like Usman where he rocked Usman a few times. Uh Tyron Woodley, who was, you know, kind of washed at that point. The knockout of Damian Maya, I know this guy is very confident in his hands. I know that his hands are, um, he doesn't have to think too much about them. And sometimes I, when I seen Chimayev and the other promotions, he still looked like he was kind of thinking, right? He still looked like he was in the pads trying to figure it out. I'm not saying that he didn't look good in the UFC when he he did stand up. He did. He looked a lot smoother. It looked like, but it was one shot. I didn't get to see the whole thing. I didn't get to see it prolonged. I didn't see combinations. I didn't see him. You see if he closed his eyes he put ducked his head down when other punches were coming his way i didn't get to see that yet. in all the other fights he lands a takedown and just demolishes the guy so i think everybody's trying to keep try, this fight standing up i think he's gonna stay bouncing on his legs look to move to keep a distance so it, it uh comes out can't just land a takedown on him can't just double leg him can't get a grip and just carry him wherever he wants i think that that their game plan is going to be let's drag him out let's see what a good stand-up fight let's look let's see if he can actually kickbox, right I think that that happens early. I think Burns is able to keep the distance. I think it does kind of lead to Kamza kind of following, but maybe a little more cautiously. Uh, I do think that he'll be aggressive at points, and I think that Burns' natural reaction to someone's aggression is to match that aggression. So I'm curious to see those early trades, right, and how Kamza reacts to that. If he's a one-punch-at-a-time type guy or if he gets wild after the first shot, we're going to see. I think Burns keeps that distance. Now, I think in the second round, Kamza begins to cut off and get the takedown, and I think that Burns will, you know, not look to just sit there, lay on there on back, I think he might try to transition, and find a way up, a lot of times when guys do that, they give up their back, right, because you want to get your knees, so you can pop up, natural instinct, get in your knees to pop up, you know, get in a position where you can run, and I think that uh, Chimev will get his back, I think Chimev, with that full control is back and the damage he could do and the balance he has when he's striking from the ground right with top control he's going to get do a lot of damage to Gilbert Burns and I think Gilbert Burns has probably never seen anything like this so what he's going to face when he fights Chimayev in that position and that's crazy to say cuz Gilbert Burns fought Usman so th- th- I I do think that Chimayev is that guy that level of fighter I think Burns may survive out of just experience, right? But I think that he's going to take a lot of damage. I think going to the third round, Chemaev will do the same thing once again. Just get, get double leg him, um, put him down to the ground and punish him. And I think that, that the stop will come in the third round. I think questions about Chemaev's stand-up may come from this fight. But there will be a... Uh, there will be, you know... Everyone will know that his guys stand, his ground game, his takedowns, his control on top, is one hundred percent for real. And they would know that that's how he is gonna build his legacy in the UFC. It's gonna be through the ground, through the control. And I think this is gonna set up a fight with Kobe Covington. I really believe that Kobe Covington is the right guy for him. And as far as like a guys gonna talk, say a lot of annoying things you know just in the news for getting punched in the face by Mosfadel so you you know that he's got the full villain thing going on Chimayev seems to be a fan favorite seems to be a lot of people behind him right now which is crazy because he looks like a villain um he's the way he talks everything the way he holds himself he 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 looks like uh, a crazy human being and he has a mentality of one. And I think this guy's going to be a star. I think that Chimayev is going to go against everything where you think man, need, you need to be a star, right, as, he, as well as talking. He's like the Nate Diaz, all right? He's just like, Nate Diaz doesn't talk clearly. He doesn't even want to talk in front of the cameras. He has, like, very bad demeanor. He's in front of a camera. Um, but he's just a star. Just people attract to him. I think Kamza is the same thing. I think this is his uh, come-out fight where he's just going to, break right through and to start them and I think that the talks of him and Usman are going to be uh begin to build. I think Usman has Leon Edwards next. They have yet to officially announce it, but that's the rumor. And I think that comes out fighting Colby Covington is literally the perfect match to uh for those two next to set up a big mega fight between them between both of them if they, if they both come out. And not saying that uh Usman's guaranteed to beat Edwards or Kamzat's guaranteed to beat Colby. Those are both excellent fights, very close competitive fights, but I think the winner of those two facing each other, especially if it's Kamza and especially if it's Uzpin, is a mega fight. And will you know, launch out into superstardom if the Kobe fight doesn't already do that. This is a, a great card. This is a uh, three main events you're getting on this card. And you might begin the birth, uh, you know, you might have the two best fighters in the world with Peter Yan and Volkanovsky, and you might be getting the birth of the next big, great superstar in Kamsa Chimaev. I'm excited. I'll be doing a post-fight. Of course, the next day we can talk all about it. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the s Ra Podcast.